and welcome to episode number 34 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. As always, I am your iced tea-fueled host, Chris Hales, glad to be bringing you a plethora of original classical guitar music from around the globe. In general, anyway. A plethora would be the show as a whole, not necessarily per episode. Depends on the episode. This month is a slow one. Things have slowed down a bit, and I actually do not have any brand new music to feature this month for you. But that's okay, because it's October. And if you remember last October, I tried something new, and I had a friend of mine on the show who is a fellow avid horror movie lover, and we decided to have a little Halloween fun, and we did our horror movie draft. We had a great time doing it, and we wanted to do something again, a bit of a follow-up to that. And so, once again, I was able to get my friend Jeremy Shogren uh, to join me for another horror movie discussion, and uh, Parker hung out with us most of the time as well, Parker Robinson, who most of you know from previous episodes. If this is your first time joining me, I'm going to say this. Stop, find another episode, any other episode. Today, I'm going to do, like I did last year, a mini-show. For those of you who aren't interested in the extracurricular discussion and just just came here solely for the guitar, I have something for you, because that is this show. But being a slow October, we had some fun. So... If this is your first time joining me, just go find a different episode. It doesn't matter which one, just any of them. Stay, stay out of the October last year or two. Any of the other ones. Let me give you a little uh, update, though, on my current piece in the works. Uh, I've mentioned the last few episodes, I believe. I've completed a theme and variations. I'm really excited to share it with you guys as soon as I get it recorded. And where I'm at in the process now is just really getting it into my fingers. I've made some more tweaks and and now it's really in its final state, but getting it into my fingers has proved a little bit tricky this time. I typically write music that I would not say is necessarily difficult. I tend to write music, I try to push my abilities, so I write at my level and try to push me a little bit, but at the same time I like to write things that are playable that I can return to again and again that take a fair amount of practice but not so much that I can't just pick the piece up and, and play it after a few tries after I've been away from it and this new one I've written I think I pushed my abilities a little bit on this one variation so when I, I put it into finale I was trying to figure out how I wanted to label each variation I don't generally mark tempo markings with like beats per minute. Sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. I decided to on this one because I, I wanted to just be clear about how fast each variation should go and I didn't want to think of words to describe it so it's like variation one, this tempo, variation two, this tempo. And on one of them, I, I was at, I, I made the mistake of just listening to finale playback to gauge the tempos because because the piece isn't really in my fingers yet I kind of relied on the finale playback to gauge where I wanted the tempos and so on this one the one that's supposed to be kind of my flashier variation I put the tempo pretty fast and I was like yeah that sounds cool <laughs> and there's there's no way there's no way so in my printout you know, I've taken my red pen and I've crossed that tempo out and I dropped it by 8 beats per minute. And then I've crossed that one out, dropped it by another 8, eight beats per minute. I'm down almost 30 beats per minute from my original uh, labeled, labeled tempo. And I think, I, I mean, somebody thought he was Paganini, I guess, when he filled this thing out. But I believe it sounds nice. It's not as fast as I was thinking it would be, 
but it still sounds nice. It's still, I mean, it's still pretty fast. I think it still sounds nice. I think it still serves its purpose. But I definitely wrote something that pushed my abilities pretty hard. I would imagine that a lot of like professional touring classical guitarists could play it up to the original tempo I wanted or that I put in finale. Look, I'm I'm comfortable with my abilities. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to admit it, you know. There's other there's guitarists who are faster than me out there. So, anyway, I don't know when I'm going to get it recorded. It's kind of I mean, it's I'm at the stage now where it's uh, become almost the sole focus of my practices because I really want to get this recorded. But it's not something that's just going to fall into my fingers easily. It's, it's taking some work. So that's what's going on in the world of my compositions. I'd love to uh, hear some new compositions from some of you. I've also got some things in mind uh, for what I'm going to do next kind of put the guitar concerto aside again but that's mostly been uh, to focus like when I was finishing this one up so I will probably be returning that into the mix as well but I mean that's gonna take a very long time to finish meanwhile I have some ideas for what I'm gonna do next compositionally pieces I'm currently working on are of course my new one I've also been working on my own arrangement of Bach's Chaconne in D minor. One of my all-time favorite pieces. I think it, it it was written for violin, but man, does it make a nice guitar piece. And there's a lot of great arrangements out there. I essentially wanted to do one that was hardly an arrangement, more of a transcription. I've tried to keep it as true to the original as possible, but I've added in, you know, to make use of more strings and some deeper, you know, I'm writing it in drop D, of course, you got to use that low D, in my opinion. So some of that, thickening up some of the chords just a little bit here and there, but for the most part, it's a very true transcription, and I'm enjoying playing that one a lot. Still playing the uh, Domeniconi's Koyun Baba, doing all four movements, and I've, I'm thinking about recording like some videos, you know, as, as I'm not playing recitals anymore. You know, I'm like, what what is the end game when I learn these pieces other than just personal enjoyment? And I, I think I might need to start doing some YouTube videos of me playing. Problem is, is uh, I just hate setting up for video and then I hate having to, because I'm of course gonna record not the audio with my phone, but I'm gonna mic it and get the best audio possible. I hate then trying to sync the audio with the video, and I just I find videos to largely be a a pain. Koyun and Bob is a great piece. I I do think I I'd like to record some videos of that one. I'd like to make a video of all four movements. I think. And Villalobos Etude Number Five. Cool little etude. Kind of odd, harmonically. It's not my favorite, it's not my least favorite. It's kind of right down in the middle of Via Lobos pieces for me. But it's fun to play. And that's it. I dropped the Lugnani. Kind of had enough of that. So, last episode, I had talked about this guitar concert review that Martin Slater had written. I thought it was really good. And Martin gave me permission to share it on the website, but I found that I was unable to upload that document to the website. Uh, I guess that's beyond what I'm able to do. So I'm sorry to get everybody's hopes up, and uh, I guess you'll just have to take my word for it that it was a very good review. <laughs> uh, but Martin wrote to me in response to that. Chris, of course you can use my review. Talking of that, I actually asked Gary's professional organizers if they would like a copy, and they said yes. Consequently, when I sent it, I also attached the scores and recordings of my 12 studies. After a little while, I had confirmation that these had been passed on to Gary and Craig 
but no response has yet been received. They say it is probably due to them being really busy at the moment, but it is nice to know that they at least have the opportunity to consider them. After 40 years of waiting, I am nothing if not patient, but hope still springs eternal. My running is on a pause at the moment because I have managed a slight groin strain, but guitar time is still very limited due to my daughter's need for driving practice. Her test is on November 8th. My primary musical concern is getting Sibelius to behave. Martin. Man, uh, I hope your daughter passes her test, Martin. Martin also sent me some sheet music, which is much appreciated. Thank you, Martin. So one of the guitarists that Martin wrote the review on is Gary Ryan. And I had never heard of Gary, and so Martin sent me some links, and I checked out this piece called Scenes of the Wild Scenes from the Wild West by Gary Ryan, which is very similar in idea, not in execution so much, but in idea of what I did with my American suite. And of course was written about twelve years before I did mine. <laughs> and, he even uh he did some effects for like native american drums and he did the exact same thing i did i had no idea of the existence of this it's just a coincidence but it's it's entirely plausible and true that you know possibly more than one person has been interested in this kind of thing so but i i really liked it but interestingly enough after discovering this i also saw that he had written a version of scarborough fair which is the source material of the theme and variations that I just completed. And it's kind of funny. It's a little bit frustrating. I seem to be just a few steps behind this Gary Ryan. But I enjoyed it. It's some good composition and, and looks like really fun to play as well. But yes, the theme and variations I've been working on is based on the Scarborough Fair me melody not the old original one, but the one that Simon and Garfunkel used. I think it's just a very nice melody and I thought it lent itself to some variations. And finally I have one more thing to talk about before we go on to the music. And I don't know if this is in bad form, and I don't care, but I'm gonna gossip about my neighbors just a little bit. Because I have some neighbors that moved in about a year ago. The, the the guy seems nice enough, you know, I wouldn't say he's super friendly. He seems maybe a little shy. Granted, I'm not the most social person anyway, so I might not come across as the most approachable neighbor. But there's a little kid, they have a little kid, and he's, uh, I got a fence along the driveway that's about knee-high. This kid's probably just a head over this fence. And I spent a lot of time working in my on my house this year. I, I do most of my own mechanical work on my vehicles. And I spend a lot of time underneath my cars. Just, you know. And every time, this little dude's, what you doing? What's that? You know? I'll be like, oh, working on my car. Why? You know, I come home with a pizza one day. He's like, what you got? I said, a pizza? Why do you have a pizza? It's for dinner. I don't like pizza. You know, he's just, he's a chatty little dude. No, I'm not bothered by this. In fact, over the, over time, over the months, he's kind of become like, I think of him as kind of my little buddy. You know what I mean? He just <laughs> always asking me questions. Well, so a couple of weeks ago, I was pulling hedges I had a hedges along my driveway and I got this it's an engine lift like a little crane for pulling like an engine out of a truck right and I used it to rip the hedges out from along my driveway and sure enough I hear this little voice behind me what's that what you doing so I you know answer him I show him you know what this thing does. And all of a sudden I notice the kids whispering. <laughs> and I, I'm like, what? You know, I turn around. And he's ducking <laughs> between 
uh, his his dad's car and the fence. And he says, my mom says I'm not supposed to talk to you anymore. And I said, <laughs> his mom had come outside and I, I just said, okay. <laughs> and he's whispering this as loud as humanly possible, completely within earshot of his mother, who makes no acknowledgement, just sits there in her lawn chair, giving me the mean mug. <laughs> and I'm a little perplexed. <laughs> and then the kid proceeds to talk to me at this high volume whisper and man, I'm getting uncomfortable because his his mom is over there, clearly within earshot of him telling me he's not supposed to talk to me, and then just continuing to talk to me. And instead of, like, dealing with it head-on and just being like, hey, what's the problem? I didn't say anything because I was struck dumb a little bit. I, was, I, I don't know. I don't even know how to respond to this. I don't... Should I answer the kid when he talks to me? Should I pretend I don't hear? It was bizarre. And as I've thought about it, I've become quite bothered because I don't know what uh, I don't understand. I'm not a creep. I don't hurt kids. <laughs> and I've, I've never been anything but nice to this kid or his parents. And I don't know what it is, but he's not allowed to talk to me. He does, though. Anytime his mom's in the house, and I'm outside, and he's outside, it's it's just business as usual. <laughs> so, I, I, I think I, it's time to address this with the neighbors. I'm just not quite sure how I want to go about it. Uh, if I'm lucky, they'll just be listening to this show, and they'll be like, oh, I guess we should explain ourselves. Anyway, this is a new one for me. And I'm like half amused and find it hilarious and half really kind of ticked off and want to know what is the problem. So with that, let me play you some original classical guitar music. Now, like I said, I do not have anything new for you this episode. So I think what we're going to do is reach back in the vault. I'm going to go back about two years and replay this music that was sent in by Daniel Ainsworth of Shreveport, Louisiana. And I really enjoyed these. This is five pieces for classical guitar duo. The five pieces are called in this order Momentary, Perpetual, Haiku, Sleepwalk, and finally Cautious.
And there it is. We've just heard five pieces for classical guitar duo sent in a couple years ago by Daniel Ainsworth. With that, I'm going to wrap up this little miniature episode and we're going to launch into horror movie discussion. I hope you stick around. If not, I will see you next time with a regular standard edition of the Classical Guitar Composers podcast. Thanks for joining me. Until next time, keep on plucking. Jason, mother is talking to you.
So I would say this. We're not going to spoil the new Halloween. We're not going to talk much about it. But if you have any... If for some reason you've gone your whole life having not seen Friday the 13th movies but want to, oh, stop. I, I've seen a whole gaggle of them. I think I may have seen most of them. I think I've I seen... I was talking to the listener. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought we were still off book. No, I wasn't you, prepping Parker. me. I wasn't telling you to leave. I mean, oh, hey, Parker. <laughs> now that we got all this set up. I, okay, sorry, sorry. I get it now. I'm, you need to I'm leave. Because... We're actually going. I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't sorry. know if we're going. I guess... <laughs> Go again, I won't say that. <laughs> I did not read that right, okay? Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were just giving me, like, fair warning. We're like... Okay. If you have somehow gotten to this point in your life without seeing Friday the 13th movies, but want to and don't want anything spoiled, turn back now. Because that will be the primary focus of today's discussions. But we kind of have three parts. A lot of people have asked if we're going to do it again this year. And like another draft. And it's, there's really no way to do it again. We drafted our movies. I mean, we'd essentially just be doing the same thing. It's not like anything's changed. They're the same movies. But I did think I did have so much fun doing this last year. And got a lot of good feedback that people actually enjoyed it so I really wanted to somehow do it again would this be an appropriate time for you to mention that the people that did see our lists and give feedback unanimously voted mine as the better team no uh, <laughs> my wife thought mine was better he's trying to convince me uh, my brother-in-law thought mine was better but everybody mine else was clearly mine. better <laughs> I mean People on Facebook thought yours was better in general. But what does that say about people on Facebook? <laughs> that Facebook gets too much slack and we need to, <laughs> we need to listen more, I guess. Yeah. Everybody I showed the list to thought mine was better. Uh, well, let's – okay, so we're just going to do a quick review of last year's. So that's going to be part one here, yeah. I can concede – some things about yours are better, but overall my list is better. Oh, uh, not according to everybody we showed the list to. That's not what we're doing today. <laughs> Guys, don't fight. Um, is this where we can say, too, though, if we would want to swap something out? Yeah, I was thinking, like, okay. we, like, let's start with maybe slashers here at the top. All right, we've had a recording issue. And this is, we're not going to, like, fake be surprised here. <laughs> what? We're, we're, we've started reviewing... What we would keep and drop from ours. So far in the slashers, Jeremy said he'd keep all of his. I said I would drop Freddy versus Jason and put in Friday part four to go with part three. I think they make a better pair. I can live without Freddy versus Jason. I can live without Freddy Krueger. That's the basic th basically my point. Reviewing your vampire movies, you said you'd rewatched both of yours and stand by your. Yeah, what we do more. in the shadows and the Fright Night remake, and they're great. I love them. Yeah, and I, I would keep 30 Days of Night for sure. Let the Right One In was my other one, and I think it's a really good movie, but I think I would swap it for A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, uh -huh. which I was on the fence, really, between those two. I still haven't seen that. You recommended it to me forever ago. It's weird. It's not gone over well with some of the people that have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Not at my recommendation. Oh, I thought you were looking at Parker when you said that. If oh, no, no, no. Not not particularly. Just Erin, uh... my wife, uh, loves it. She was telling her dad about it, so they, like, tried to watch it. Like, her brother, my sister-in-law, like, it, it just was the wrong audience, and it did not go over well. So it's, like, heavily made fun of in the family now. But it's a, <laughs> it's a great movie. I think you would probably like it, Jeremy. I like a lot of horror. There's... There are very few things that I just absolutely flat out don't like. I can usually find something I like about almost any horror movie. Yeah, it's the, I think the biggest complaint is just how slow it is. And it is slow. It's black and white. I believe it was made in Iran. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's a... Yeah, you got to read subtitles. A lot of people struggle with that, but it's great. All right. Okay, uh, Zombies. Oh, we skipped werewolves. Oh, my bad, my bad. Werewolves. 
Mine were Silver Bullet and the Wolfman remake. And I firmly stand by those. I wouldn't change those at all. Nice. How are you feeling? So, American Werewolf in London was one of my first picks last year, if I remember right. And I have rewatched that this year, and I stand by that. Um, for my second one, I picked Teen Wolf because I kept thinking about it, and I could not think of another werewolf movie that I loved. And I went with Teen Wolf because I have fond memories of it growing up. Um, however, in the last year, I have seen two new werewolf movies, and I loved both of them. Um, one of them was Werewolves Within. Uh, the other one, I think it's called Wolf of Snow Hollow. Is that what it's called? Um, I remember it was directed by Jim Cummings. Um, I really liked both of those. Yeah, Wolf of Snow Hollow. Sounded weird to me for some reason. Um, but I would dump Teen Wolf, sorry, Michael J. Fox, and I would replace it with Werewolves Within because I absolutely loved Werewolves Within. You dropped one bad movie for another bad movie. <laughs> yeah, but then Werewolves again, look at my whole list. I remember we'll thinking see. Teen Wolf was also another highly contested, controversial pick for the roster. I remember your eyes bugging out when I picked that part. Yeah. I Controversial. Wasn't, I, only, I mean, it's not. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I think the definition of horror movie. It got stretched a little bit. Gets yeah. stretched a little. It becomes a little malleable <laughs> with that. It's still a horror movie. Look, in, in lore, I had to pick something yeah. that I knew wasn't great so that I wouldn't have a complete slam dunk. So Chris's feelings wouldn't get too All hurt. right. Well, there's. There's not a lot of great werewolf movies, period. I mean, there's... <laughs> we could have gotten away with just having one werewolf movie yeah. on our team. I'm yeah. surprised Van Helsing didn't end up on either of your lists, right? Because that's the best... Wait, he's a werewolf in that, right? There's werewolves in that one. Yes, there's remember. werewolves in that. Yeah, that's his, whole, that's his whole thing. Yeah. Van Helsing's it. Yeah, yeah. Listeners can't see the stare I'm giving you right now, Parker. It's meant to be... <laughs> but... It's meant to be an abomination recommendation, right? So, mm, okay. going for the joke, it didn't land. I get it. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I got I got. I didn't like Werewolves Within. I think I already covered that on a different episode after I saw it. Yeah. Your loss. I didn't see it. I wanted to. You should. Check it out. Come over and watch it. Chris is not invited. I'll pass. <laughs> uh, okay. Zombies. You want to start? Yeah, so I picked Night of the Living Dead, the original, and Return of the Living Dead, and I stand by those. I think those are probably my two favorite zombie movies of all time. Um, I think they're both good movies. Neither one of them are like, I don't really care to see either one of them more than once. But, you know, again, I, I don't really like zombie movies very much. I stand by both of mine, Shaun of the Dead and Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. Oh, I forgot you had Shaun of the Dead. That's another one of my tops. I, I might have, if I could have stolen that, I might have gone with that instead of Return yeah. of the Living Dead. I liked it uh, in a in the zombie place because it left room for more horror comedies, which there's an abundance of, and filled a zombie movie slot, which I struggled to really... There's other zombie movies I like, but not like even... I don't want to watch them over and over again, though. And that's yeah. kind of supposed to be the idea here, right? So, like, like I can't imagine watching Train to Busan over and over again. But it was a great movie. Right. It's fair. All right. Uh, creature features. Oh, I definitely, I love mine. The Thing and Jeepers Creepers. I wouldn't, wouldn't even consider other alternatives to those. Love them both. I've actually rewatched both of yours this year. And those are some great movies. Great movies. I had Arachnophobia and Evil Dead 2, which you contested, that it did not belong in Creatures. I rewatched that this year, and there are creatures in that. Did I contest that? Yeah. You said I was cheating by using that as a creature feature. But I stand by those. I love those two movies. And I need a place for Evil Dead 2. I got no argument against Evil Dead 2 at all. It's great. Uh... Arachnophobia, I think, is good, but I it's not one that came even close. Like I have, there's a lot of movies I'd take over it. And what's next here? Comedy. Yep. Okay. All right. Mine were Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and Tremors, and I would keep those. 
and yet there's other movies that I wouldn't, you know, I would have liked to have just as much, I think. But Tucker and Dale, Tremors, obviously, that's the one that is kind of immovable. Tucker and Dale, I've watched multiple times. I loved Little Evil, but I've really only watched it once. You know, and they're like... I watched it again, and it didn't hold up as much as I thought it would. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, Tucker and Dale, I think, is stays funny. What was the other one that was high on it? Well, I liked Ready or Not a lot, which you got. Happy Death Day, I think, is really good, too. But I'd probably give Tucker and Dale a slight edge over Happy Death Day still. Did you take Happy Death Day? I did. Your draft? Oh, you did. There they are. I had Ready or Not and Happy Death Day. Oh. Well, which why am I even talking about that? <laughs> I loved both of them. I thought they were great. Um, however... I would ditch Happy Death Day and replace it with Freaky. Oh, same really? director, similar style. Like it, it almost felt like it could have been the same universe, but I thought Freaky was so much fun. I would absolutely replace Happy Death Day with Freaky. Huh. Yeah, I like Freaky. I like Happy Death Day more. I saw uh, on Twitter the other day somebody posted a picture of a – have you seen Freaky? Not yet. Oh, man. Cover your ears I up. loved Happy Death Day. Freaky's in on the list. Ren and I both were so surprised by Happy Death Day. It quickly rose to the top of one of our favorites. So It's great. I mean, I have a lot of, a lot of hope for Freaky being good because we liked Happy Death Day as much as we did. It's good, but I, it's I like a year it. old at this point, so I'm about to give a spoiler, so That's cover fine. your ears. It's, it's okay. On Twitter, I saw someone post a picture, and it was a freaky action figure and it was just one half of a guy oh yeah <laughs> i thought that was pretty great nice yeah i i would replace happy death day with freaky okay next we have the holidays Holiday. go ahead oh wait no i'm gonna go first because we i'm gonna talk about yours <laughs> gremlins and krampus were mine yeah i stand by those uh it'd be tempting to replace gremlins with Something like Rare Exports, which is a brilliant... Oh, that movie's so good. Uh, and what was the... Oh, I love Black Christmas. Those were those were very mm. high. But... Um, and both are... Both hold up really well. Uh, but Gremlins is just kind of... It's just a classic that's hard for me to walk away from. So, yeah. I wouldn't change it. But, again... There's others out there if I didn't have gremlins that I'd be happy with. All right. Yours are? My Bloody Valentine, the original, and Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which I have watched both of those again this year as well. Halloween 3, I, I stand by it. I love that there, it's getting more appreciation. People are finally realizing how dumb they were for hating on it, for not having Michael Myers. Um, and My Bloody Valentine, obviously, on my birthday this year, I rented a movie theater and we went and saw it together, except for Parker, who had COVID <laughs> yeah. and couldn't come. Yeah. But that was a blast seeing a 40 year old slasher movie in the theater with a group of people that I knew would be fun. That was a good time. I stand by those picks My Bloody Valentine and Halloween 3. All right, all right. Now, this is all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like My Bloody Valentine. I mean, it didn't even come to mind though when I was trapped in movies but I, I like it and it was fun to see in the theater for sure uh, Halloween 3 was very underappreciated for many years and underrated because of how it fell in the Halloween timeline and if you don't know just a real quick history is that it has nothing to do with Halloween 1 and 2 which upset a lot of people but originally that was the idea that all the Halloween movies would be kind of different stories unrelated Halloween was so successful that they pushed for a Halloween 2 from the first one and then decided to try 3. I don't know. This is before I was around. so. But that's the general history of it. But since now, I feel now Halloween 3 has gone from being underrated to largely overrated. <gasps> it's not a great movie. Okay, <laughs> Now I can, I can appreciate, okay, it's not a Michael Myers movie. Let's watch it for what it is. It's a John Carpenter movie, whatever. It's not great. I, it's okay. This is shocking. You're I, a huge John Carpenter fan too. I think I'm just gonna pack up and leave. Well, John Carpenter, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't direct it. Tommy Lee Wallace did. His, mm, okay. his buddy, but he produced it but and he, he was involved. He wrote 
a draft of the screenplay. My Bloody Valentine, you uh, you invited Ren and I over to your house after we from had recovered. Day, yeah. After we had recovered <laughs> uh, from COVID. And that, My Bloody Valentine, is probably single-handedly responsible for my wife's newfound interest in like horror movies. Woo-hoo. And since then, we've watched just a whole bunch of them. But that was the first one that, like, we, we've, we've gone over to Jeremy's house for movie nights to watch a whole bunch of horror movies. And she's typically, like, she's hilarious and awesome to watch movies with. She jumps, she screams, she's mm-hmm. like, she's the most jumpy, jump scare person ever. And so it's really entertaining to watch movies with her. And we watched a whole bunch of movies. We watched the, the, the first Halloween reboot. We watched all this, uh, a bunch of Stephen King movies. Or Jeremy says, but My Bloody Valentine was the first one where she was just like, I really love that. That was great. And since then, every like it, there seems to have been like a shift where everything we've seen since then in the horror genre, she shows up for like in a different way. So My Bloody Valentine yeah. is like... Good for My Bloody Valentine. It's like a shift <laughs> in the dynamic of like my wife's ability to like not just endure those movies for our enjoyment of watching her like jump scare and scream. But now she's like far more into them, and we've watched a whole bunch since. Yeah. That normally she just I don't think would have any interest in. So. Uh, of all the movies on these lists, that one really surprises me. That that's the one that would convert somebody. <laughs> 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 I, I like it, but you know, it's, if yeah. I was trying to win over a horror fan, it's not. I wouldn't. I, I, I feel the same way. Maybe to appreciate a Valentine movie, you have to have a heart, Chris. <laughs> I, I have a limited scope I, compared to you guys on on the horror movies, but just in, in all the list of everything I could come up with, I, I draw the same conclusion where it's like, what would be the thing to like jumpstart Ren into it? And it's a total head scratcher that it was My Bloody Valentine, but it just was. She just loved it from beginning to end. She she, she appreciated like the campiness of it, but she appreciated that it still was scary, and she really liked that the practical effects were like really good. We watched the director's cut, right? Yeah, it had um, all the, the footage back in. So it had like a whole bunch of stuff, stuff that I guess was originally cut. But yeah, that was big. We She walked away from that and was just like, I love that movie. And she woke up the next day and was like, I just can't stop thinking of My Bloody Valentine. And I was like, man. <laughs> I think we had to trick her too. At least I I think I purposely did not mention this is the, yeah. the unedited cut. Well, she was really, really on edge after we watched. Uh, it would have been... She was hesitant after It... Uh, Part two. Oh. Just because that one, like, I guess it just grossed her out. This is just general disappointment all around. Yeah. <laughs> so she was just like, oh, I don't know. But since since My Bloody Valentine, she's had, like, complete buy-in on pretty much everything that we've been huh. – that's been recommended to us. You're in welcome. In terms of horror movies and stuff. It's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Paranormal. I did The Omen and The Fog. Wouldn't change them. They're both classics. They're both great. They hold up. I love your paranormal category. Um, I had the Changeling and Poltergeist and same. Love them. Wouldn't change them. Yeah, I can't argue that. Changeling was very high on my list. And recently, I just watched the Changeling with my two daughters. Scared the crap out of both of them. Yes. And that can be hard to do sometimes, especially both at the same time. They get different things scare them, you know. So... Remakes, reboots. Okay, you had The Invisible Man. I've still never seen it, so I, I don't really have anything to say. I think it looks good. I just, I kind of forget about it. It's, I need to see really it. It's really good. It's great. It's really, really I good. I rewatched that yeah. this year. So did Ren and I. It's great. It, I believe you. It looks good. I need to see it. It's Dawn great. of the Dead, I don't care for. And uh, Oh, is that the, the Zack Snyder, Dawn of the Dead? Yeah, yeah he yeah, had to get something right at some point, right? <clears throat> Although I haven't seen his new one, which I heard is good. Army, the Army of, the of the Dead? I haven't watched that one either, but I, I do remember really liking Dawn of the Dead. It's a fun ride. Yeah. It's like a third zombie movie. And I just got <laughs> Phil Dunphy in it. <laughs> yeah. That That is fun. A total jerk. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like the antithesis of what he's typecast as now. Well, which is weird because the first time I saw a trailer or a commercial for Modern Family, my thought was, that's the jerk from Dawn of the Dead playing <laughs> like awesome. a lovable family man. But yeah. Yeah. I'll give you this. I haven't seen it in a really long time, but I, I just didn't like it when it came out, which is when I saw it. And, I, I you know, me and kind of done with the zombie movies. So. It's fair. Okay. And mine, 
was the Suspiria remake, which you've probably still not seen, right? No, I don't plan to. I love it. And the Texas Chainsaw remake mm. from 2003. I definitely stick with those. I do love that one. That yeah. one is good. I have seen that. I saw it in theaters as well. I think I did too. I'm quite sure I did. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Sequel. Uh, Halloween 2018. So we're doing this podcast like right after seeing Halloween Kills, which is the follow-up to this one. Uh, I'm de- I definitely keep this one. It's kind of the beginning of a trilogy. And if the trilogy ends up being no good, this movie works very well as just a standalone sequel to the original. I, I still love it. Halloween Kills? No, no, I'm no, talking about the one. Oh, oh, 2018. Oh, yeah. interesting. I don't want to say much about Halloween Kills. I don't even want to say my thoughts on it yet. Yeah, it's like... Really we'll get we'll get off and we'll get... Well, it's really high on mine and Ren's list too. It's just, yeah. it's a matter of not, not being able to find the time to go do it. Because we do want to see it in the theater. It seems like a <laughs> killer movie to see. I hate going to theaters because people are just such jerks now. I hate it. But I wanted to make sure that even though it was streaming for free on Peacock, that they got my money in the theater. And so we went and we lucked out and it was just us and one other random guy, <laughs> which was weird. That happened when we went and saw the new Candyman too. It was us and one was random it, guy. Was it the same guy? No. <laughs> see, here's the thing. That would have been extra creepy. That would make it interesting. Well, I, see, that's the thing. I love being... You are that guy. I am the guy. I, I love just going to the movie theater by myself. I love that. So I'm I'm that weird guy's like, what the what's that guy doing here? It's like I'm watching a movie. Get out of my face about it. <laughs> it's just creepy when it's us and then it's a scary movie. Yeah. No, and I, I one totally, other rando. I totally get it. So uh I would actually offer you like a trade for mine for yours on this one though, as much as I love it. You said we can't take from each other. I know. <laughs> and you know what? Wait, what did you I choose? loved Halloween twenty eighteen. But I, I wouldn't give up Friday the 13th Part 2 for Halloween. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, this is where this is the one he's... <laughs> this is what you were hoping is, for, right? It's the one that I just forgot about, yeah. Yeah. I love The one part. that got away. We're going to talk about... Katy Perry. We're going to talk about the Friday movies. That's... I'll just get this out of my system when we get to it here. No, that was a solid pick. That was total oversight by me. Still love my movie. I just wish I had Part 2 somewhere in my stuff. All right. That comes down to... Miscellaneous. I lost miscellaneous. Okay. I was like, what is this category? Okay. Yours. Should we do, let's, we'll do mine then yours, I guess. Uh, Drag Me to Hell. I would uh, keep, the the temptation would be to trade it for Evil Dead, which kind of was, I was on the fence with, uh, because I love the first Evil Dead. But uh, as much as I love Evil Dead, I just, I like Drag Me to Hell. And it brings something to the table. I guess Evil Dead does too, but Drag Me to Hell's just something different. I love it. I thought I, I think it holds up really well too. Yeah, I do like uh, that one. It, if I were see, it does seem it like stands on its own. That one made me feel really claustrophobic, and yeah, yeah, I like that one. My if other one. I were picking between those two. I would go with Evil Dead because it's just it. There's yeah, a I mean, charm in its it's that's amateur qualities that I just I love. It's not a wrong answer. It was, no. It's hard. And, and so maybe, actually, I didn't really consider this, but I got Mothman Prophecies. I guess I could swap that for Evil Dead, but even then I don't think I would. I love the Mothman Prophecies. And it's one of the few post-80s and 90s, 70s movies that I really like this much. I have a few on here, but I, I guess finally, there's more than I would think, but still, I, I like it a lot. I finally watched Mothman Prophecies because of your recommendation. Yeah. I think it was after we did the podcast last year. Um, and it was good. I got over my dislike of Richard Gere and watched it. And Oh, it was after the podcast. It was good. Because on the podcast, I was trying to sell you on it, yeah. Yeah. I I would never have put it on my list. I don't yeah. think it's a great movie, but it was good and it was fun. That's fair. Yeah, I don't know. It, it resonates with me for some reason. The Mothman does in general. Like, that whole myth, I just think it's a cool... See, and that's, that's what was most interesting to me about it was realizing, oh, this is a real thing. And then looking up information about Mothman, that was 
that was more interesting to me than the movie itself. Yeah, that's right. It's a, it's a cool subject matter. That's a yep. big part of it for me. Absolutely. So. Okay, yours. Uh, one movie I love, one movie I've never seen. So Silence of the Lambs. I can't argue with that. A lot of people are like, is that a horror? But I've always thought of it as a horror movie. But I, but it's, it's, it's different. It's a different type of yeah, horror. It's more I mean, of a it, thriller, I guess. But yeah, yeah, you probably. But would. it's, but I, I actually have had to like defend your pick here and say, no, 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 that's a, that's a horror movie. I'd agree. Uh, but I haven't seen Get Out. Would you change either of these? Nope. I love them both, and I think they're two of the only horror or horror adjacent movies that critics and like the Academy Awards and everybody have recognized as, oh, horror movies can be good. Yeah, what do they know? <laughs> <laughs> is that the last category? Yeah. Yeah. Other than that was our coach, but I'm sure we'd keep our coaches. I would. Yeah, I think I would. Can I pick an assistant coach, though, to go with him? I suppose. Deborah Hill. She's like... Oh. I've, I've recently realized that all the John Carpenter movies that I'm in love with are the ones that Deborah Hill was involved with. It's more that duo that makes these great movies than him on his own. But he, he's made some I love, too. And you had Mike Flanagan. Yeah. I still... I mean, my biggest reason for picking that was because I needed a way to get Dr. Sleep on my list somehow. Uh, um, but I also love his TV work. I still... I never got around to seeing Haunting of Bly Manor. But I loved Haunting of Hill House. I loved Hush, um, Midnight Mass. I'm still on the fence about. There's aspects of it I loved, aspects about it that I did not love. But it was very well directed. So I'm excited to see what he does next. I haven't seen most of what you just named. I have a question for you guys. So in cases... Like in the miscellaneous slot or category, um, if oh, bump the mic, if like Silence of the Lambs is is in the mix, would you then put like The Shining as a horror movie as either in a miscellaneous category or poltergeist category? Um, I don't think there's any question about if The Shining is a horror movie. Yeah, I was just. I don't either. Yeah. I guess I was surprised that it didn't end up on either of your guys. Oh, I, it's not my list. favorite movie to tell you the yeah. truth. I love it. I I know it's controversial, but I think Doctor Sleep's a better yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I knew that, and I knew how much you love Doctor Sleep. So I was surprised that the director, uh, your coach pick, would be the way as like a side, you know, uh, path to get Doctor Sleep in. But, I mean, by that point, I was also asking, uh, I wanted to also ask movies like, that are genre adjacent, but you could argue are horror. And I don't know if we talked about this in the, in the first draft. I can't remember. But, like, Alien, I think you'd cla- I, classify as, like, a suspenseful horror movie. But you wouldn't classify Aliens that way. Yeah. And then, in which case, would Alien be, like, a creature feature? Yeah, right? it could be. Or, like, same argument with, like, Predator, maybe? Where uh, that's more, that's not really horror. To yeah, me, Predator's actually I, more with, in the kin, more akin to Aliens. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Like I, sweaty bro handshakes and yeah, you know, like Alien get, has a yeah a horror quality to it that Predator definitely doesn't, and yeah. none of the following Alien movies do. Yeah. They become like it, I it's sci-fi, but it's it's a horror setting or it's a horror story it's in a, a sci-fi house setting. On a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So. All right. Well, that was a fun review. Uh, I, I wish there was a way we could do that again, but but well, give Jeremy it, had an five idea. or six years. And yeah, th- yeah. But I do want to keep this uh, tradition going and, and doing some horror talk in October on this podcast. And so Jeremy and I were brainstorming some ideas, and one thing that we've done over the Uh, 10 years or so that we've worked together is rank Friday the 13th movies and argue about what's the best, what's the worst. And it comes out of an absolute love 
for Friday the 13th that we both have. I think we're both in agreement it's the best horror franchise of them all. Certainly my opinion. Well, uh, if we're not counting Twilight as horror. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the recommendation no. that you would is the horror. That was worth it for the look on Chris's face. I think my niece gave it a ringing endorsement, but I never did see it. <laughs> for the audio listeners, Chris... Chris's face was of pure and utter disgust. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit of surprise. Shock. I Total actually, shock. how dare it, you? What it was was me processing, what is Twilight? It took me a minute <laughs> to catch it. Because when you said it, Lucky. my mind went to Twilight Zone. Mm. And I was like, huh? <laughs> it, was, it was, I was like, why are you making Twilight Zone jokes? What's wrong? Anyway. And so what we want to do. We're going to discuss each movie and discuss where we believe it falls in the rankings. And we're going to try to not go on too long about each movie, which we easily <laughs> could. We could easily do a podcast on each movie, but we're not going to do that because this is a guitar podcast and I can only indulge so much. There's only a couple Friday the 13th with guitars in them. A couple? Yeah. Oh, well, I was thinking classical guitar. Oh, well, but I mean, but that, yes, there are guitars are classical guitar adjacent. Guitar. <laughs> True. We'll talk about them both then. Is there only two? Now that I, no. I can only think of the two. No, I can think of two. Starting with number one, and I guess we'll start there. So the, it opens with a guitar. Yeah, it does. One of the it? very first things That's you hear. That's right. The camp counselors. Singing, there's your time in the cabin. Your head, Tom Dooley. Yeah, <laughs> or is it Michael Row the Boat Ashore? Which one? No, first? they're singing Tom Dooley. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, and then two of them sneak off to go do what what they do in those movies and classical guitar lessons. Yeah, is that what this podcast is about, Chris? A woman <laughs> gets very upset about it. She doesn't like the classical guitar. Music is of the devil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, okay, so Friday the 13th, first movie, it is very tough which movie gets the top spot for me, and it's between two, and I kind of have a 1A and 1B, but I'm giving the 1A to this one. This movie mesmerized me before I had even seen it. I wanted to see it so bad, and, you know, I knew Friday the 13th is Jason, so... I was expecting a hockey masked killer, and instead it's this whodunit where you can't see the killer. And so I've been waiting this whole movie to find out until they finally reveal the hockey masked face. <laughs> and this old woman in a blue sweater gets out of the Jeep, and, you know, it, it surprised me. And then after, I was like, I freaking loved that movie. And it ends with probably the best jump scare ever. And, uh, over the years, to me, it holds up. It's, I mean, it's cheesy. It's got its issues. It's got its flaws. But there's such a charm to that movie that I I love it so much. And to me, that yeah, it's it's amazing. I had almost movie. the exact same experience with it in that I went into it expecting. Hockey mask, hulking mm -hmm. guy. Spend the whole movie going like, when, where, when does that happen, right? Yeah. And you know, I was thinking through all day today, just thinking like, because I know you guys, you got power rankings. You know the ins and outs. <laughs> I, I, I came into it when you, you guys were saying like, we're gonna talk a lot about Friday the Thirteenth. I was like, okay, how many of them have I seen? Have I even seen all of them, right? And I think got my head wrapped around it pretty well where I think I've seen all of them and I think I can get heads and tails about like their order if I remember right so you know this one hockey mask Jason isn't until three right correct okay that's right great 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 like this is at least halfway ha through halfway through three, yeah. three. Yeah. yeah okay so I, I spent the first two movies going like am I watching the right because I remember I watched the first one and it scared the living daylights out of me on the jump scare, right? I was like bought into the campiness of it, enjoying it, but the jump scare legitimately like yeah. terrified me, right? It, so. it scared me too. I, did, I didn't see it coming. And every time I show that movie to like 
Like, I, I showed it to my wife. She'd never seen it. I did not tell her that Jason was not the killer. I left <laughs> it. I, I gave her, I didn't give her nothing. And when that jump scare, like, made her, like, leap in her seat, it was so satisfying. I can guarantee you. Same thing you, with my daughters. It's just, it's great. I can guarantee you Ren has not seen it. <sighs> and she has no idea about any of those things. So we can all experience that. Don't let her listen to this. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah. uh, she won't. I'll make sure she doesn't listen <laughs> to this. Because so, that will be a, a great one. Yeah, to, it gets uh, it gets the number one spot for me. <clears throat> I could go on, but... I want to hear Jeremy's thoughts on it, and we also have 11 others to cover. There's 12 movies in total, so this one gets my number one spot. Um, so I think it's funny that you mentioned that we, we do our rankings and then we argue about them, because a lot of the times we're not really arguing. It's kind of surprising how similar our taste in Friday movies is. Um, and with that said... This is also tied for number one. <laughs> yeah, for me, I have I, two number ones, but I can't. I can't call one A and B. They're just both great for me, and this is one of them. I had the same experience. I watched it expecting Jason. Um, I don't know why I had a TV with cable in my bedroom when I was like eleven or twelve, but I did. Um, none of the naughty channels or anything. But USA would air these movies like late at night, and I turned it on halfway through, wondering what it was. And then it came back from commercial, or it went to commercial and said, we'll be back with Friday the 13th or whatever. And I was like, wait, where's Jason? Where's the hockey mask? What's going on? And it scared me to death. And it was late at night. And I got so scared, I had to keep changing the channel. And I think it was a, a rerun of Webster that I kept going to. You guys are probably way too young to know what Webster is. I know what Webster but is. I, I was scared spitless. And then... The next day, part two was on, but I had to see it. And so I set the VCR to record it so that I could watch it during the daytime so I wouldn't be as scared. (laughs) (laughs) But Friday the 13th terrified me. It was so scary the first time. The jump scare at the end was great. It was great. Um, I The thing I love the most about the first one, I think, is it's simple. It doesn't try to be anything more than what it is. The characters are all very, very well developed. I feel like for the most part, the acting is some of the strongest over Compared the to course the other of movies. the entire franchise. Yep. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, Isn't and it, it's it's a blast. Wouldn't you argue? Like, this is where your history chops will come in in terms of horror movies, just generally, but. Isn't Friday the 13th responsible for establishing a lot of the horror movie tropes that have been considered, like, campy or redone? Like, is Friday the 13th in itself paying homage to, like, uh, like camp counselors, There's a, like, at the lake? Like, that all now has become very... I think it... I mean, started, was there something started, previous to Friday the 13th? I think most of that is that, built off that... Well, Although Halloween. it was built off of Halloween. Right. They literally sat down and went, well, let's just beat by beat yeah. rip off Halloween. Which, yeah. But but they kind of accidentally started some new things. Right. You yep. know. So it certainly, yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like it's got a stronger run of movies than Halloween, even though I think Halloween's a better movie on its own. Yep. So, okay. Hey, if you're having as good of a time as I am, Be sure to click on part two to continue with the rest of this podcast. Thanks for listening.